Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Outcomes Rocket. Saul Marquez here. Today, I have the privilege of hosting the amazing Elad Wallach. He is the co-founder and CEO of ADOC, a healthcare AI startup focused on using deep learning to relieve the bottleneck in medical image diagnosis. He's an expert in AI with visionary business insights in the healthcare space. Since establishing ADOC, which is AIDOC, in early 2016, Elad has led the company through three rounds of investments, raising over $60 million, driven commercial availability of eight product lines, seven of which are FDA cleared. Under Elad's leadership, ADOC has managed to grow its install base to 500 global hospitals while growing the company to over 160 employees. Elad began his career in the elite Israeli Defense Force Technology Program, Talpiat, and he led AI research in, in the Israeli Air Force, where he initiated and led several teams focused on machine learning and computer vision projects. Just a, a phenomenal leader and also just a thought leader in this space of AI in healthcare. And I'm excited to have him here on the podcast to share more. So, Elad, welcome. Thank you so much, Saul. And m- maybe just to share the big the big news first, now that we're, um, now we can share it's not 60 million, but We've raised another 66 million on top of that. So uh, we've, I'm happy to announce it's going to be fairly fresh when, when the audience hear this. Uh, we just closed a Series C round, um, extra $66 million funding led by General Catalyst and really excited about this as well. Whew. Congratulations on that, man. <laughs> it's been uh, a hell of a journey. <laughs> I would say. And so the promise of AI and imaging and diagnosis is huge, you know, reducing variability, uh, understanding those bottlenecks. So I'm excited to dive into what you guys are doing specifically there, Elad. But tell me, what is it that got you on this mission? What is it that lights your fire on on healthcare? When I finished the service after about a decade, so I was in this unique program that you served for about a decade. There I met my two co-founders. Michael and Guy. And when we all finished our service, we we actually, we just knew we wanted to do healthcare for two main reasons. A, we like solving tough problems, right? So we wanted like a very high barrier. We didn't want to fight, you know, three, three people in a garage starting like an app. That's like, we like those deep, deep tech spaces. But more importantly, we really want to feel the impact on people's lives, the direct impact. I think every you know, business can bring value, but it's more of a personal taste. We wanted to see those examples. And I can tell now that, you know, getting that text message from a physician that is telling me a story about how I, you know, saved the patient life, or sometimes they do it, sometimes even more uh, humorous than that. Sometimes they say, you just saved my ass or, uh, (laughs) and when we get those, that's really fulfilling. So I think reason why we want to do healthcare is to feel that direct impact on people. Yeah. No, well said, well said. And um, such an interesting beginning there, Elad, where you're really, you know, working with just critical intelligence, needing to make time critical decisions. I mean, for me, there's such a parallel between military work and also healthcare work, right? There's lives on the line. And if you make the wrong decisions, it's costing people lives, it's costing the system money. And it's, it's critical. So talk to us about how that translates and specifically about ADOC. You know, what are you, what are you guys doing to add value to the ecosystem that's different? Yeah, so I'll start with my, my biggest lesson learned from my service. And when I led AI research, it was 
on the one hand, a lot of work with the academy and, you know, cutting edge algorithms and all of that. But what we learn is that means nothing if you can't operationalize that. Mm-hmm. And this is where we learned, I learned on, on kind of, with my experience on the difference between something in the lab that's something that really works in the real world. And I think that's one of the biggest gaps you have in AI for healthcare, right? You have things that look very like cool in the lab, but when trying to operationalize them and integrate the workflow and make them work at scale, that's where a lot of a lot of companies see challenges. And now what it is that we do with ADOC, essentially we're this always on AI safety net that helps catch those critical patients uh, with critical findings and help help make sure they receive appropriate treatment. So the way it works, every imaging exam in the hospital is also sent to ADOC and we search for certain critical findings. And we have a pretty comprehensive set of diseases right now, uh, like uh, stroke and brain bleed and pulmonary embolism or spine fractures. And if we detect a critical finding like that, we then flag the patient to the radiologist, to the patient, mm-hmm. uh, to the physician diagnosing the images. So they could diagnose the patient right away and then treat the patient right away. And the whole idea is to increase efficiency and improve quality of care, reduce variability as well, especially across big health systems. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe to share one use case, just to get, get a sense of what it is that we do. So let's imagine a busy emergency department, you know, at night, maybe you have 50 patients at the same time. You don't really know which patient has what. Uh, maybe you have a patient fell down a few stairs. That patient, to get up for everybody, get their head CT exam because you have to look in the head CT to understand what they have. Right. And they all sit in a reading queue. So radiologists, they sit kind of in these dark rooms. They have, you know, then they have 50 patients to go through. And unfortunately, patient number 50 may actually be the one of the critical findings. Most of them are normal, but patient number 50 maybe is the one that you want to treat right away. And unfortunately, in a busy environment, that patient could wait hours, right? With AI, AI runs in the background immediately on every exam. If there is, let's say, a brain bleed, as an example, you shoot that patient to the top, the radiologist reviews the exam right away, diagnoses it, and then can treat the patient, and that makes a big difference in their outcomes. That's fascinating. So in this case, taking a look at a pile of, of images, digital images that they have to see, it's risk stratification. So based exactly. off of what you're seeing here, the highest risk ones rise to the top. Exactly. Fantastic. Exactly. Fantastic. Getting ahead of those things that Really, I mean, there is no system to help. I think that's why it's aiding, right? The doctor. A lot of people have always said, hey, you know, AI is going to take over. The reality is not. It's not. It's it's a great tool for us to use to augment what we're doing here. And so this is a great example, Elad. And so as you think about, you said seven plus indications now. So what are those that have been FDA approved? I think you mentioned a couple of them. Yeah. So we, we initially really focused on critical time sensitive findings because the value there is, is you know, is immediate. You feel, you know, it's yeah. sedation. You can take them by the hand and treat them better. So it's brain bleed, it's pulmonary embolism, it's free air in the abdomen, rib fractures, cervical spine fractures, mm. uh, stroke. So those are the type of indications that we have. I think I covered most of them. And again, the idea in all of them is to do this risk fortification. The interesting thing is that our customers did a lot of research about what are the downstream implications of doing the right prioritization? Because the question could be, well, if you're prioritizing, if you're increasing quality, like how are you improving outcomes? Is that enough? And one of the things that we really encourage our customers to do unbiased research on how it impacts care. And some of our customers, for example, Yale, New Haven, and Cedar sinai found that it can actually reduce length of stay. 
So by prioritizing the patient, you catch them at the right time to make the critical decision. So you overall improve their outcomes. And if you improve their outcomes, potentially you could have, you know, better length of stay, uh, lower cost of care, et cetera, et cetera. Totally. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And those are the things that when you have a tool like this, you have to think about, and it's not traditional thinking, right? You you plug this system into your radiologist and, and hospitalist workflow. Exactly. Downstream effects becomes very interesting. It could mean higher profits for the hospital. It could mean getting patients out sooner. That's a really interesting point, Elad. Exactly. And, you know, people think about there is kind of the High-level question of AI would people kind of ask in the industry, who's going to pay for this, right? Yeah. Is it going to be a payer play, a patient play, a provider play? And we feel that at least in the early phases, it should be focused on provider value and provider ROI because payers, that's fine, but it's going to take a while, right? Patients, I just, you know, we're decision support tool for physicians doesn't make a lot of sense. We feel that providers are the one that should adopt the technology right away. And the key to make it happen is to show downstream impact and ROI. And if you can show that, that's what we're seeing such accelerated adoption because, you know, if, if you show them it financially makes sense, it's clinically makes sense, then it's a technology that can be adopted well. Totally. Yeah. I mean, and, and I think we should maybe focus in on that. Is there anything you want to highlight within that downstream in addition to what you've mentioned? Well, I think what we learned is that even though the radiologist is the user, yeah. Uh, you have to look at the broader picture of the patient because unfortunately the healthcare system today, we all know it's kind of a, we all say it's broken. And one of the things that makes it broken is that you have silos, right? The radiologists theoretically care only about radiology and the hospital only cares about things like length of stay. So when you build those products, you really have to think about the whole value chain. And I believe that you need to look at the broader picture. When I say downstream, I mean, don't just look at the impact on radiology. Look at the impact on their time in the ED. For example, that's something that, again, has been able to show that it can reduce time in the ED. Look at length of stay. Look at those broader, looking at the broader care continuum for the patient and their Again, if you do significant impact, then you can find those metrics and then it makes it a much uh, no-brainer decision. Radiologists can love it because it, it makes their job easier. It gives you know greater confidence, quality, peace of mind, uh, attracting talent. And when you go to administration, you can show them, well, it just makes that much sense to the hospital, both clinically and financially. It makes a lot of sense. And I appreciate you, you, you diving into that, Elad. Yeah. And you look at this as a, as a provider tool that helps optimize, that helps make more efficient, really the operations around this. And it makes a lot of sense to start there. And so as you think about this, and there's provider leaders listening to this right now, how does the model work? You know, what are you paying for? Can you walk us through that to help them understand? Yeah. So when you go to kind of provider, one of the things we learned is that and that's also a key differentiator of ours is that you have to understand that, so, okay, maybe to give some history, a lot of the companies in AI space were built around a single disease state. Typically, you know, you have a whole company around stroke or a whole company around lung nodules, and that makes a lot of sense and brings value. Don't get me wrong, I'm not, not arguing the value because every disease is unique and important and has sure. big financial impact. That being said, when we look about the buying behaviors of hospitals, it's so difficult for them to by you know 50 point solutions to integrate them and how do you how do you handle that especially when they're looking you know two three uh, years in the future right when you see the proliferation of AI exponentially growing can I really integrate a hundred different solutions right that doesn't make a lot of sense it's very difficult even like the contract thing is going to be challenging so what we chose to do in terms of 
building a really like enterprise approach to this is to build a comprehensive solution suite, right? So we're not doing one thing. Actually, in the two and a half, first two and a half years of the company, we didn't build a single solution. We only built the platform, right? We only build a platform that can integrate, that can develop AI solutions quickly. And, you know, just the core competency of developing AI and integrating the workflow. Mm-hmm. And over the next two years after that, then we really scale up our, you know, AI, AI solution. We now have 10, so like in two years, we have 10 solutions, awesome. uh, different solutions we can sell, right? So the whole point of, and our whole thesis as a company is build this enterprise-wide coverage. Only if you do that, then hospitals can really consume AI at scale. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And it's really fascinating strategy there, Elad, where you you just kind of said, okay, you know, these point solutions are great, but if a hospital is looking to invest to take care of a lot of the disease states that they take care of, why don't we just optimize a platform that can serve their needs? And out of that, we start creating the solutions and quickly, yeah. now you have these seven to 10, 10, I think you said, disease states you could manage. It becomes something more promising for the enterprise of the hospital to address some of these, these issues that, that they're dealing with. As you think about sort of building the company and learning the ins and outs, what would you say is the one setback that you guys have experienced that was a huge learning that's made you guys even better today? I think... One of the things that we, it's an angle on the downstream impact. So when we kind of think about building solutions for healthcare, uh, we divided this into three different layers, right? Layer number one was just build the algorithm. Layer number two is make a product out of it, integrate it in the workflow, make it a product. But layer number three is build a solution. And when I say solution, it means you have to understand the pain points, have the research around what KPIs are you changing and a way to measure and externalize that value, right? So algorithm product and solution. And initially, we thought that building, we always knew algorithm isn't enough, but building the product would enough. We had the approach of, you know, if you build it, they will understand by themselves and they would kind of take a product off the shelf and, you know, learn how to make it clinically work and and extract the value they want out of it. Mm -hmm. That was completely false, right? (laughs) They did it like when they started deploying this, they, they didn't understand how it was the workflow, what value they should be seeing. Like they, they couldn't understand anything. And we learned, it took us a while, but we learned we need to shift our approach to do much more consultative sales or solution-based sales where you really target instead of, hey, download the software, start using it, you know, seeing a result pop in your workflow. How about we understand what are your pain points? Let's map those out. Let's analyze, you know, maybe you don't know what's your gap in turnaround time, right? So let's map those out. Then let's measure that value across a certain period of time show that so build a solution out of the product i think that was a really key insight uh, it took us about a year to figure out man i can imagine you guys were just one of those oh crap moments where you're just like like this is just like not working the way it should and and then finally boom solutions piecing it all together helping people yeah. connect the dots because when you have a technology like ai where really it's still you know on the adoption curve early on we need that and so it's great that you guys saw it it's great that you you started building out some of those solutions and now the promise lies ahead for all of us so you just got some additional funding elad congratulations on that what would you say you're most excited about here as you turn the corner on what's next? One of the things I'm really excited about is the continued product growth. So a lot of companies in our state, which is a scale up, you know, selling to a few hundred hospitals, you know, growing rapidly, you kind of, I wouldn't say freeze the product, but you reach a certain product maturity and then you're mostly focusing on go to market. For us, it couldn't be more different, right? Because we only 
barely scratched the surface of what AI can do. We just, you know, started to gain trust. We got this initial entry into the world of healthcare that is actually being used, but there is so much more that we can do. It can start predicting diseases and do not just specification, but predicting diseases. It can drive workflow in a meaningful, meaningful way. That's an area we started into. So I think that. What excites me a lot is the product development and going much deeper in the you know human machine interfaces about how AI can really augment and transform workflow. I think that a few years from now, every patient on every scan should have AI running on it. I am absolutely certain of that from the value we're seeing, and you know the aim is to reach there. So it's going to be a really uh, exciting journey ahead. I love that. And and what would you say the current penetration is? So if the vision is all of them, you know where are we at now? Five like percent. Uh, so- Three percent. I would say we're at about I even higher than that. I would say we're almost at ten percent at this point. Wow. Okay. Cool. Cool. So I don't know if you saw we have the the biggest private practice in the United States, radiology partners. They're about ten percent market share. They are strategic partner of ours. Uh, other practices in in similar sizes are also part of the big health system. So it's gonna take maybe time to deploy. So I wouldn't say we're at the twenty percent yet, but I think we're at about maybe anywhere in the five to 10% range. And if you think that it was zero two years ago, then it's just That's amazing, crazy. It's amazing. Right? it's amazing. I was having that conversation with uh, Yaron Tas, you know, over at Philips. He's the yep. CIO there. Yep. And he was at Citi before. And he was telling me, yeah, banks use AI to know if, if a high net worth customer is going to leave based off of certain behaviors. So they risk stratify to understand if finance is doing it, we need to be doing this too with health stuff. And oh, yeah. so Elad, you and your team are doing some extraordinary work. It certainly is exciting to really be absorbed by your vision, right? I love I love the way you're painting the vision here and, and I believe in it. So just keep up the amazing work. I appreciate you jumping on and sharing with us. What closing thought would you leave for the listeners uh, today? I think that, you know, Probably the listeners to this are all involved in healthcare to some some yes. extent. But I would also say that as a patient, you know, I was speaking with my, it's funny, I was speaking with my cleaning lady uh, the other day uh-huh. and she was asking, what am I, you know, what am I doing? I told her about AI and she said, oh, it's kind of a, it's a technology that's going to go out there. She kind of felt she shouldn't care about this yet, right? It's, uh-huh. it's in the future. But I think that's not the case. Actually, it's weird for us because the adoption curve is so steep in this, but I think we should care about AI. I'll be honest, if I go to be hospitals, hospitalized, I want to go to a hospital where they have ADOC. Obviously, I'm biased towards us, but you know, <laughs> but not, let's not say ADOC. Let's say AI for AI image. Image. such a big difference in terms of, of care. So I think that we all as patients should start caring about how AI is used and how data drives decisions in hospitals. That's the wave, not of the future, of now. Like I think that's the evolution and transformation we're going to see in hospitals. And I'm really excited about this space. I think it's it's literally taking shape as we speak. Wow. Well, there you go, everyone. If you're not thinking about this as a today thing, then you may want to reconsider because it is happening today. A 10% adoption rate, an exponential adoption curve. We're looking uh, to have this be part of our lives, whether it be a scan that you need tomorrow or a year from now. We're going to be using it. So keep up with ADOC. You could find them at AIDOC.com. What's the best way for them to get a hold of you and your team, Elad, if, if there's interest in, in learning more? They can always reach out to me. 
simply at elad, E-L-A-D, at ADOC or via LinkedIn. Uh, but if they want to reach the team, you know, our, our website has a ton of contact uh, depending on what you want, like careers or sales or whatever. So uh, you have all of those centralized there. But always feel free to reach out to me. I promise to read and respond. There you have it, folks. A personal invitation from Elad to connect. Hey, I, I can't appreciate you enough. Uh, Elad, thank you. Keep up the amazing work. Congrats on the round C. Just uh, phenomenal work by you and your team, my friend. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for uh, inviting me.